Welcome to the Podex Podcast. This series hopes to bring forth the voices of the people in the people and organizational development space to share about what we do and to tap into our wisdom of what inspired us to begin our journey. Uh, the journey itself to where we are today. In today's episode, we have Colin Yao. Say hello. Hi, Amza. Thank you for having me. It's Thank you for being here as well. No hello, problem. hello. Um, Colin Yao is the Director and Master Associate at Imaginetics Asia Pacific. He is an international speaker as well. And uh, from what I know, lah, he's a loving father and a family man too. Uh, I can share a lot more about Colin, but really no one better to share about Colin than the man himself. So, Colin, uh, can you just share with us a little bit more about yourself, please? Sure. Thank you, Abzal. Uh, well, I mean, you kind of summarize it all uh, in a <laughs> single line. Uh, I do identify with those two, um, those two roles, though, that I play. I mean, one is at Imaginary Asia Pacific. I absolutely love um, being there for the last 14 years, um, impacting people's lives, impacting my own life, right, with what I do um, with Imaginetics. So that's the first one. And the, the other one, of course, is a family man. Uh, that's important to me. It defines who I am. Loving father, well, I hope to be is an aspiration, right? Uh, continue to, to, to be the best that I can be. Uh, but yeah, father of three kids, um, hopefully loving husband as well uh, to my beautiful wife. Uh, and yeah, I mean, those two are the two of the many different roles I play, I suppose. Wow. Yeah, I, I started that I really like seeing Facebook posts of you and your kids because they're really very cute. Yeah. They tend to take over your face a bit more than your, your wife. La. Really, that's how I see it. <laughs> right. I, I think to, to figure out a, a bit more about your role in the PNOD space, mm. uh, I think I'm also not very clear about this. So I think this is as much learning for me as well. Mm. Uh is learning for the listeners, right? Mm. Um what what was your journey into the PNOD space? And I guess what motivated you um to enter this space in the first place? Uh, well, that's a that's an interesting question, Abzal, and I I I have thought about it from time to time over the last few years, and uh, interestingly, I can't pinpoint one single motivation. Uh, but what I can say is that what keeps me motivated in the people space and organization space is is two things, right? One is the connection with people that you regularly feel. I mean, the I've been in other industries before, and the time that we spend connecting with people in this space is a lot more because that's kind of part of the 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 characteristic of of this industry isn't it um but the other one is uh when you actually see people grow right when you journey with them so i love that in your introduction you kind of talked about the journey quite a bit because the journey is important yeah you could meet people but then you also get a chance uh from time to time to meet people you continue on a journey with right so the two things that keep me motivated are the relationships that i've, I've made uh, in the in the space um, and the 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 relationships and the journeys that have both built myself up and the other person up as well. I think those are the most rewarding. So that's what kind of motivated or motivates me to keep going in the industry. Um, the thing that may, maybe uh, people might not know is that I uh, I'm not trained to be in this industry, right? Um, my my studies, my background comes from uh, engineering. I'm a computer engineer by training, uh, and so maybe. Uh, in the earlier years, uh, what motivated me to get out of the IT industry is that you you know after a while that you don't find that that fits, right? So I realized um, mid-career, uh, after a few years in the IT industry and other sorts of different industries, um, that you enjoy connecting with people rather than machines or with processes or with tasks, you know, or with numbers or with figures, um, but you kind of want to spend more time with the people aspect. So I suppose that was what motivated me to go into the POD space. But it wasn't an early decision I made. It was kind of mid-career. Mm. Ah, okay. Wow. 
okay, that I I really didn't know. And I think <laughs> I've known you for a while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you feel like uh maybe because you, you did share that, you know, a lot about it was about the journey. Yeah. Um could you share a bit more about your journey from you know that space into mm-hmm. the space you are right now? Because I would feel that there are some people who, you know, um uh, maybe they are in the space that you mm-hmm. were in and they feel happy and odi so distant from what I'm so used to, so distant from my studies, my competencies, how can they, or maybe they feel like, Colin has done it before, how can I do what he did? Right, yeah. right. What would be your journey like? Yeah, thanks Abzal. Uh, and you know, that's the reason why uh, uh, many years ago, a few of us set up Podex, right? Because um, we ourselves have been that privileged few who have found our way into the people and OD sector. And, and so every single person's journey is interesting and unique, right? Uh, mine uh, was, was uh, in some sense, uh, not planned for, but more discovered or uncovered, right? Mm-hmm. So um, in, in, the, in the days of IT, you know, you kind of like fresh out of school and you kind of want um, to do what you were trained to do, right? I mean, you don't want to waste your parents' money of sending you to university and doing all those stuff. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, I guess what mom and dad, I don't really want to do this. Uh, so no, I mean, you you kind of like go through it a little bit, discover, and I always tell people this, right, before you actually find out what you really want, and I think a few select, lucky few, right, uh, very early on in their lives, they kind of like wake up one morning and they are, yeah, I know what I want to do in life, right, great, you know, it's so clear to me. Most of us, unfortunately or fortunately, um, don't have that clarity even in the first half of their working lives. Uh, and it's slowly uncovered, like like for me, right? And so what I knew in the early days of being IT, being in sales roles, being in operations role, being in process roles, um, is that I knew from year to year what I didn't want to do. And so after all those years of knowing what I didn't want to do, there were only a few things left that I really wanted to do, right? And so as you think about every single next job that you apply, you slowly apply for a next job that is a little bit more fitting to what you really want to do or at least fitting to what you don't really want to do yeah so over time uh, my journey has been a little bit more slow laborious uncovering peeling away bit by bit year year after year before i ended up where i am um the interesting twist though is that when i finally got into uh, this role that i'm playing now which is mainly training facilitation um you know running workshops that kind of stuff you look back in your earlier life and you realize that in your free time and your fun times and, and I was very active in church when I was younger mm-hmm. this was what I was doing you know uh, and yet it never occurred to me that what I was doing for fun could be my career mm-hmm. isn't it and so the other thing that I kind of like tell people nowadays is that while you experience what you don't want from year to year you also have to pay attention uh, to the little things that give you joy, even if it's not work-related. It could be cycling, it could be going outdoors, it could be just being alone, it could be talking to a friend, it could be eating, right? What gives you that deep sense of joy? What are you doing that puts you into flow, right? And those little things give you hints, right? Or clues as to what might be your calling or what might be the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life. Wow. <laughs> wow 
Okay, so you had me at, at eating. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, I know oh, you love food, right? How do I find flu when I'm eating? I'm like, sometimes I get lost when I'm eating very good chicken rice. La. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's my flu. <laughs> maybe, right? But it could also be that uh, as you're eating the chicken rice, you're also watching the world go by. And that's what you like to do. You like to observe, you like to listen, you like to just be present yeah. right, uh, to the world around you. Maybe, right? Mm, really could be. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I think there was something very interesting that you just shared, uh, which was about, you know, it is as much important to know what you don't want uh, mm. as much as it is that you want. Mm. Uh, I mean, I could resonate with that personally because I, I, I did study social work yeah. uh, and now I'm going to learning and development, which is, right. to me, is not, say, very different. <laughs> it was quite a, it was quite a, what's the word called? Uh, a gamble in a sense to jump mm. out of what my competency tells me I should be doing. Right. Yeah, so so thank you for that. I think personally, I I could resonate with with mm. your story, lah. Yeah, and I think I'm like maybe half your age. So thank goodness I'm a bit earlier. <laughs> Thanks, Absal. I feel much oh. better now. Yes, thank. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe so. So that was a big part of your journey, and um, mm. so I would like to learn about you know the challenges that you faced moving um throughout your journey. Mm. But before mm. that, I think I also want to find out like perhaps what was the what was the one big huge highlight of your experience so far uh in the PNOD space in your journey here like, at least um well honestly it's hard to pinpoint that one or even two big things right uh but i must say uh, something i mentioned earlier in the in the recording in the podcast is uh the relationships i've made uh, i think in all my years of being outside of the POD sector yeah you kind of form one or two friendships right um, but nothing like being in the POD sector where even your work relationships are meaningful. Well, not all, I must say, but many of them are. So even as you're discussing about work-related stuff, you are discussing about people's lives, you are discussing about people's learning, their development, their growth, right? And, and so the, the, the connections you make, to me at least, are that much more meaningful, right? You, you, you also see a lot more like-minded people. Um, I noticed that, for example, when I was doing IT sales uh, once upon my life, um, yeah, I mean, it's not that they were bad people. They were very good people. But when you talk about IT or sales, you end up talking about very technological stuff, very cold. Um, you, it's very hard to connect in deeply on a tech project, on an IT project. But it's easy then to remain connected and be connected when you're talking about, hey, let's put together a workshop that helps people grow or develop in a certain way, that helps them become better, right? So I think that's the big thing for me, right? Um. Uh, the conversations that we have often with people I meet and the and the relationships that I formed, I think that that is the the one big thing. People are just different here. Wow. <laughs> I like to believe <laughs> people are just different here. Wow. Okay, that's exciting for me also. Like, I'm like, wow. I just started into the PNOD space. Yeah, this is great. You, this is really the trend in this space. Yeah, that yeah. is exciting times ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a that's a. Quick reflection for, for you as well, right? I mean, you are newer in this space than I am, mm. right? I mean, the whole reason why you're taking so many little um, steps as a leader to do a podcast or to lead a, a discussion or to lead a session or lead a cohort is because you've been touched in your own ways by the people who have done that before you, isn't it? I mean, it's just yeah. that the, the amount of resonance you get with other people in this space is uh, tends to be a lot more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean... When you say that, I was like, yeah, touched by people like you also, like Colin. You're among the first few and I entered the product space, but so I'm like, hey, yes, exactly. 
back to you, sir. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you're still around, uh, Afsal. <laughs> I'm glad I'm around as well. So, so we did listen a bit more about, you know, the highlights in your journey. Right. Um, mm. How about the, you know, the maybe some harsh truths that you figure out along the way mm. uh, or some challenges that you experienced that, you know, um, you really feel that our listeners out there who are either new in the in the PNOD space or trying to enter the PNOD space, um, mm. they they should know or you would like them to know about? Well, hard truths. Well, that's a, that's a tough one for, for me to think about. Um, I, I will say, first of all, that you are absolutely right, right? In any industry, any job, right? Any career that you choose, uh, it's not all, you know, rose-tinted glasses. You, you, it's not all, you know, nice things, right? Um, so if I had to pick a few things to, to talk about, one would be, yes, you've heard me talk about the relationship and connections. But every now and then, of course, you get to meet somebody who kind of like makes you open your eyes up. Like, what? You know, uh, is this really happening, right? Uh, so you will you will meet people who maybe are not aligned. Uh, and because your expectations are so much higher, you kind of tend to be hit harder, right? Um, but yet, you know, there are enough people around to make up for what those, those odd um, uh, interactions. I think that's one. So I think the expectations of, you know, if 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 I'm in L&D space or I'm in the POD space, I will personally grow. But I think uh, that's not always true as well. I think it depends on your own individual um, initiatives, the things that you kind of push yourself towards, right? So you, you do need to have that clarity in terms of which part of this POD sector do you really want to be involved in? Because uh, there's, it's, so, it's so broad. It's so broad from HR all the way to like facilitation training. There's got a whole range of things that you we could call P and OD. So what are what are your skill sets? You know, so you could dabble in it for a few for 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 some time, but you do need to kind of like identify the areas in which you have uh, the greater resonance. So I would say that um, there's this because of the expectations are high, you kind of tend to fall a bit harder through the people you meet. That's one, but also because you expect to grow, but sometimes you don't um, unless you actually put your your own commitment to it you know what do you want to develop in um, years ago someone senior in the industry asked me how do I define growth and I never quite uh, answered that question for myself I kind of just expected well well I mean if I enjoy every day of work then I would grow but actually no then I'm just coasting along right I do still need to be intentional in the areas I want to invest in myself yeah mm. Mm. yeah I, I'm I'm Hearing two things, so please humor me, humor my curiosity. I'm sure, a super sure, curious of person. Uh, I'm hearing two things. One about expectations, you know, uh, mm. differing expectations. Mm. Uh, another I'm hearing is about finding my niche in the in the product, uh, yeah. in the pure and space. Mm. Um, is is this from your experience? Uh, from what you're sharing, does it come from a particular situation, or is it actually just two different components of your experience? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, hmm, is this one event that got you to right. think this way or is it you know a few stuff over the years ah okay no i would say that it, it is uh individual i won't say events but they are separate learnings that i had uh for this uh last 14 15 years i've been in the space right mm-hmm. um so if i were to elaborate the first one of course uh, with people right it's because you meet so many wonderful people in the space that uh in the odd occasion that you do meet someone really not aligned with you in terms of values and all that, you you really get a, this this nasty shock, right? In that, wow, there are people like that. Um, and, and then you kind of like reconsider what your expectations are mm-hmm. and, and you take some time to recover from that, of course, because usually you don't meet people who are so unaligned or misaligned from you. So I think that that's the first 
hard truth. Um, not everyone is aligned, right? Uh, the second one, of course, then comes in in different circumstances, right? That you, 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 um, you have to decide. So even even in the last fourteen years, there were some years in which you feel like you're stagnating. I feel like I'm stagnating. Mm. Like, what am I learning this year? What have I learned this year? Why am I just coasting along, right? Because it's so easy to coast along. Because every day you do learn, you do grow, but you could then languish. So you, you do then need to say, hey, what do I really want to grow even as I am helping other people grow? Because if you don't grow, then you end up stagnating and having less to give to others as well. Isn't it? Uh, so a lot of uh, that thinking uh, behind that half-truth also comes from, uh, I mean, you, you know Chun Seng, right? And Chun Seng was one of the first few who introduced to me the whole idea of uh, uh, self as instrument, right? Um, so the idea is that when you are a facilitator, you've got all your bells and whistles, all your uh, facilitative techniques, all your different props, right? But at the same time, if you are not anchored or centered or growing, right? Uh, then ultimately it is it is what you give of yourself, right? So if you have nothing to give, then you will still fall flat, right? So the, the whole um, needing to be intentional about your own growth journey uh, and, and to then decide which areas do you want, really want to focus on uh, over the years that you are invested in this industry. Yeah. Mm. Well, th thanks for clarifying. I think that made it much clearer for me and I hope for the listeners out there as well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think just for people who are not very in tune with, those, with, that, with that phrase, because I really love that phrase. Uh, yeah. Could you maybe in one or two sentences, if possible, lah, huh? explain <laughs> what does uh, self as an instrument mean? Because yeah, I thought well, that's very uh, important. Mm. Um, okay, I'll do my best because I, honestly, asking now for a like a, a technical accurate uh understanding, maybe I'm not the best person to to unpack this, right? My yeah. my own personal understanding though, uh, that much I can tell you because when I heard it a few times, just like you, right? I was very taken by it because I I for one have always believed that uh I need to be authentic uh to myself, right? So what is my authentic self? And if I haven't taken the time to discover or unpack my own brilliances, my blind spots, my areas of strengths, uh, my areas of development, uh, then I will find it hard to use myself as an instrument to help or enable other people because I myself have not been vulnerable, have not been open uh, to learning, right? So uh, using self as an instrument means that I bring myself into the program that I'm running, into the facilitative process, uh, into helping connect with other people, into helping build relationships in, in a, in, in, and building a safe space, you know? Um, so self as an instrument basically means that uh, am I really anchoring on my own values, my... Uh, you know, looking at my own development first before I reach out to other people. That, to me, would be how I interpret it. And it's a good reminder over the years to invest myself, to really take time to center myself uh, and my values before I do any work. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really quite profound. I think uh, it's very easy to say, you know, uh, uh, I grow myself so others can grow with me. That's a very, like, you know, yeah, that's, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. simple way to say it. But I think the way you explained it really looked at... Uh, to me, what I heard was being intentional, mm. uh, being clear. Uh, and I think you said right at the start, right, about authenticity. Like, is this really me? Yeah. Is this really what I want to create? Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Profound. 
<laughs> Need to breathe. Okay. <laughs> I I think uh, the next portion, uh, I, I did hear, okay, this is also I didn't know. Well, you did share just now, you know, you've been in the PNOD space for 14 to 15 years. Yeah. Uh, you shared that, right? I, yeah. So the next question I was curious about was, you know, I wanted to ask you what a typical workday looked like. <laughs> but listen, hearing that it's 14 to 15 years, I think, and, and understanding that, you know, this, this podcast uh, was really meant to support people who are trying to explore the space mm. of PNOD. Right. Could you share um, what it was like when you first started out and mm. then what it's like today? Wow. Um, hmm. Okay, so it takes a while to think back, right? Um, uh, when, when, I, when I first joined Imagenetics in 2008, uh, so that was kind of like, yeah, you are entering into that people and OD space, right? Mm. Uh, but I entered as a director of operations, right? So uh, I spent the first few years kind of putting things in place, you know, making sure that the, the company had policies, processes. Uh, I did a bit of uh, outreach to partners, to trainers, etc. So the first few years was really discovery. Um, I knew nothing. I kind of not, like just knew that, okay, there was this thing that I would really want to do. And I spent a lot of time actually um, in the earlier years just talking to experienced facilitators, discovering what it's like for them. Kind of like what you are doing, right? Isn't it? I mean, you are entering a space that you're like, mm, I don't know much about this, but you are then interested every time you speak to someone who is a facilitator, a trainer, you're like, wow, you know, the things they do are so interesting, right? And that's how I kind of felt, right? Um, just discovering that they might be all called facilitator trainers, um, but yet the work they do and what motivates them to do their work can be very different. Um, and so the first few years was just discovery, really. And you reach a point where you discover enough about the work and what people do to say, hey, you know what? Uh, I could give this thing a try. I could give the other thing a try. And then I was very lucky that um, I had uh, the person who brought me into Imagenetics um, he created a very safe space for me to just try, you know, just get my hands dirty and just co-facilitate a workshop with him and to really try this out, try that out. And it's okay if I mess things up, right? Because the whole idea is growth. And so as I dabbled into uh, a bit more of that front-end uh, stand-up facilitation, stand-up training kind of work, um, you know that you've fallen in love with something, you know? Um, and so over those first few years, I quickly discovered the two or three things I really want to do more of and at the same time, the two or three things I want to do less of. Do I really get what I want immediately? No, the answer is no, right? You kind of like continue to adjust along the way and you are probably usually stuck with a job that allows you to do a few things you really love and a few things that you maybe don't really resonate with. But that's okay, right? So I think that's really what um, the first few years were, were like. Um, fast forward 14 years, I think... Uh, where I am now is slightly different space because I am now doing a greater percentage of what I love and still a small percentage of what I don't like. And I think that's okay still, right? Um, it's just that for the things that I am really resonating with, have I grown in that 14 years? Have I deepened my knowledge, my skill set? And so am I able to give more in those areas I want to give? The stuff that doesn't resonate with me, yeah, I'm still doing it. And it's okay if I don't grow much in those areas. Isn't it, right? So over those years, then, you know, you kind of like ensure that you're intentional about throwing things out and putting more things in into your your arsenal, right, of things that you 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 resonate with. Yeah, so I think 
it's pretty similar, but yet different because you you are in a much deeper space and 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 the percentage of what you enjoy doing is a lot more now than 14 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Okay, I think what I got out of that was really about uh, you know, it sounds to me that over the 14, 15 years you were mm. you're recalibrating yourself along the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice word. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh you are looking for, you know, recalibrating with a little more of what makes you sing and dance and a little <laughs> less of what makes you go, ugh. Yeah, that's yeah definitely. Yeah. And, and yet what keeps me on the on the uh, narrow, right, is mm. is that the realization uh that you will never be completely free of the things that don't thrill you. Mm. And that is okay. It is okay. Right? So where's your balance in life? Right? Are you gonna be spending more time doing the stuff that really makes you flourish? Um and less time on the things that drain you? And if you are, then it's okay. It's okay to do a mix of both. I, I think that's a realistic uh, approach to, to career, to job, to, to what gives you life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think sometimes it is, at least for, for me personally, it is, uh, I think it's healthy to have that a little bit of bitterness. Yes. That makes the sweeter <laughs> a bit sweeter. Yeah. Hey, that's a, that's a nice uh, comparison. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, that brings us to the last question for this um, podcast. And I guess it's less of a question, but uh, I think more of a more of a giving on your end. Um, I, I would love to hear um, from you if you have any words of um, encouragement or any words you'd like to share with those um, who are listening, our listeners out there who are considering to join and do the work that you are doing today. Ah, okay. Well, I would say, I would say this, right? Whether or not you you end up doing the work that I do, right? Or even entering the POD space. What's important uh, for each person coming in to listen to this podcast? Or uh, I would then say that, you know, if, if you are someone who is wondering what to do with your life or where you want to go in terms of your career or, or the next job that you're looking for, you're at a crossroads, um, take some time to pause, right? Uh, to reflect on what gives you joy. I think... You know, there are so many frameworks out there like, you know, Ikigai and, you know, finding meaning and purpose. All that might come. Uh, however, the simple thing you can do every day and that has really helped me would be what brings me joy and to be really paying attention to those moments and to realize that um, that they are, they are present in our everyday life. You know, and they could be very simple things like you know, watching the world go by as you're eating your chicken rice, <laughs> be uh, being on a podcast, speaking very meaningfully with someone else uh, on a topic that, that you love. It could be spending time with your family, your friends. What brings you joy? What gives you life? And ultimately, that will bring you to the question, uh, answering the question, what drives you and what's your purpose and meaning eventually? Yeah. Wow, that's so, so beautiful, uh, Colin. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I feel like Something you said very beautifully right at the end there was about, you know, it's okay, in my own words, like it's not the it's not that one ikigai course that you take that's gonna yeah, give you not. purpose. It's not yeah. that something that you go for a two-day retreat. It is uh it sounds to me that you know um, growth is not that one off thing, growth is in the everyday. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, and 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 on that note though, I mean, you you spark something else, right? I mean, this whole idea of being reflexive or spending time in reflection is important because you know we started off chatting before the recording started. You know that wow, life sometimes is so packed, and we end up being busy, right, or active, and uh, when we do that, we miss all these moments. 
because we are basically just on autopilot, right? And we are going through, running through scripts every single day. But do we pause or even before we sleep at night, say, hey, what have I done well today? You know, uh, what made me happy today? Was there something that I won't do tomorrow that I did today? What are we learning from our day? But we don't, right? We end up maybe um, uh, watching TV or, or playing with our phone before we sleep. I'm guilty on some nights, right? But when I do take time to reflect and pause, wow, you know, um, the learning does occur in the every single day. I think you you said it very nicely, Afzal. It's in the every day as long as we are paying attention. I think that's one big takeaway for our listeners out there. You know, it's one is that it's in the everyday. Two is, you know, as as you're listening to this at night or in the morning or on your transit or whatever it is, maybe tonight before you go to sleep. Um, an important question could really be, hey, what have you done well today? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Colin. Uh, and I think that really brings a, brings us to a very nice close uh, to this to this podcast. Uh, thank you, Colin, for joining us today. You're most welcome, Alsal. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the listeners as well for joining us on this podcast. I hope you listen to it two, three, four, five times because Colin really dropped <laughs> a lot of golden nuggets along the way the past half an hour alone. Um, so do look out for further episodes as we bring forth uh, more voices of the people in the PNOD space uh, to share about what we do, uh, to tap into our wisdom of what inspired us to begin our journey and the journey to where we are today. Uh, my name is Afzal. Uh, Colin, this is why you say bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you for having me. This is yeah. the Podex Podcast. Catch you <laughs> in the next one.